Hi, wherever you're listening to me, I hope you're staying safe and doing well. I'm Hari Arakali and this is today's Tech Briefing. In this program, Canada as a whole has had this growing, I would say, reputation to become world's leading technology hub. And of course, it embraces diversity, which has been absolutely great for entrepreneurs to make Toronto as their home, as Toronto is the second largest, uh, I would say, financial hub in this North American region. That's after these headlines. China has amped up its military technology race against the U.S., demonstrating advanced space capabilities with the test of a new hypersonic missile in August, the Financial Times reports. The missile missed its target by about 24 miles, but the test demonstrated China had made astounding progress on hypersonic weapons and was far more advanced than U.S. officials realized, according to the report. Hypersonic missiles fly at low-altitude trajectories at more than five times the speed of sound. The missile tested by China is said to be of a type that is maneuverable and does not follow a fixed trajectory, making it harder to track and defend against. The FT's report was behind a paywall but was cited by Business Insider. Meanwhile, Microsoft's LinkedIn unit is shutting down its current localized version in China due to a significantly more challenging operating environment and greater compliance requirements, the company said in a blog post last week. LinkedIn will open a new jobs app called InJobs that will not have the social media features of a feed or sharing of any posts or articles, according to LinkedIn. Klarna, a Swedish fintech startup built around a buy-now-pay-later product, is introducing a number of changes to its product in the UK as British financial regulators prepare to tighten rules on the fast-growing practice of offering loans on the go to consumers, typically for e-commerce purchases. Buy Now Pay Later is surging in markets including India, where Amazon, Flipkart and Paytm are among companies that all offer these products. Backed by some of the world's biggest investors, including SoftBank Group, Klarna has risen to become one of the world's most valuable startups. Among the changes it is implementing is stronger credit checks. Klarna said in a press release that it will also introduce the option for users to pay for what they purchase in one go and make it more clear to users that buy now, pay later is basically a loan that they'll have to repay. Arcana Network, a blockchain startup that offers a decentralized storage and data privacy platform for Ethereum and EVM-compatible app developers, has raised $2.3 million in fresh funding, the company said in a press release. The investment was led by Republic Crypto and Woodstock Fund and also saw participation from digital currency group HyperEdge, Paradigm Shift VC and others. Arcana Network was founded by Mayur Rilekar, Arvind Kumar and Abhishek Chowdhury in 2019. It will use the money to expand its team, strengthen its product portfolio, build a community of developers and launch its XAR token. One of the ways Indian startups could crack the North American market is to start with Canada, where a startup-friendly visa program allows entrepreneurs to tap a vibrant local ecosystem of finance as well as STEM talent. Isha Chopra, Director for Strategy and Marketing at the Toronto Business Development Centre, told me over the weekend, Founders can not only find flexibility in terms of the stipulations for their business, but also on the family front, 
as they can bring in spouses and children and get on a faster path to permanent residency status, Isha says. Here's more from our conversation. Uh, Isha, welcome to this podcast. Uh, thank you so much for making time for this. And uh, of course, uh, Toronto is a uh, well-known international hub for some very interesting startups. Uh, uh, for people who are less familiar with uh, the work uh, that happens over there in terms of startups and also more specifically your work and uh, the Toronto Business Development Centre, which we're going to talk about today. Maybe you could start by giving us a brief history of uh, TBDC uh, and a snapshot of what it does, and then we'll go from there. Sure, sounds good. At the Toronto Business Development Centre, we were established in 1990 by the City of Toronto, so we've marked 30 plus years, and we are supported and funded by the province of Ontario, and of course uh, by the City of Toronto as well. It has been amazing to support local and national uh, entrepreneurs for many years. And uh, recently, we've also started to support international entrepreneurs. And it's not as recent. It's been now uh, four years plus. And of course, nurturing uh, all these entrepreneurs from Toronto as the area, it has been a privilege to see the entrepreneurial community grow up to 9,000 startups uh, with our various programs that we have engaged over these years. And of course, as the TBDC is also now designated partner by the government of Canada, which helps international businesses commercialize and expand in this market. Hmm. And when it was uh, started, what was the uh, main purpose behind its establishment? And maybe you can talk about uh, today what it has evolved into. Sure. So Canada as a whole has had this growing, I would say, reputation to become world's leading technology hub. And of course, it embraces diversity, which has been absolutely great for entrepreneurs to make Toronto as their home, as Toronto is the second largest, uh, I would say, financial hub in this North American region. So being there, um, that has one of the mandates that we have always had is to support small businesses. And of course, in 1990, there was no term back then coined this startup, you know. Uh, this is very recent that we started to use this term uh, absolutely way much more and become an incubator and, or, you know, termed as accelerator for various programs. So our mandate has always been supporting entrepreneurship in this region. Hmm. And uh, what are some of the uh, flagship services, if I can call it that, uh, that uh, uh, TBTC offers to entrepreneurs in general and uh, also, maybe uh, to Indian entrepreneurs or international entrepreneurs. So, uh, overall, we are no different from another business incubator. Our services include business advisory, uh, which would include then you know the various partner services, one-on-one -on -one advisory for startups coming from across the globe. Uh, we also provide access to capital. We are connected to larger ecosystem of VCs and angels across the region, be it in Canada or in US. And that is something that uh, our startups can also avail. And this is all hurry for everyone. This is not specific just to national startups. We are also supporting international startups and the startup visa program. Um, the other things that include that we provide is access to talent because we're very well connected with the recruiter network and university partnerships. That's really helpful for the startups. Apart from this, there's a lot of focus that goes on the founder development through our programs. So be it the partner workshops, the community event, or for international startups, be it the settlement services in terms of understanding the incorporation of their business, 
understanding the government grants and taxation because uh, we work usually with the startups who have tested their proof of concept in the country of origin and would like to bring their startup uh, as a scale up, I would say, to Canada. Hmm. Uh, what are some of the uh, advantages uh, that uh, establishing a base in Toronto uh, would give uh, to entrepreneurs who might be looking to come there from India? So I think one of the greater support that comes with the Startup Visa program is that we as a business incubator provide them all these services, but also government provides them permanent residency. So if there's a startup that's looking to scale uh, through this program, they can apply for permanent residency and be in Canada, which is quite helpful for startups because this helps them make the base stronger if they were going to call Canada as their market completely as well as the scale up. And of course, you know, Toronto being um, in the total heart of North America and having 14 million residents with, you know, 200 plus speaking languages or even from other side, there's 42,000 plus, uh, I would say, STEM-based uh, graduates that um, are available every year, you know, so the ones who graduate year on year from various programs, makes it very attractive for startups to be here. Especially when we talk about Indian startups, sorry, this is really important for them to know that this ecosystem is very, very, very immigrant-friendly, which is that they would not have to worry about how to find their basics while they scale up here because all said and done they are bringing the life here too you know it's not just business that moves along they're moving with their family or they're bringing their entire experience to this part of the world so it is absolutely very comfortable for any entrepreneur to be here and i'm talking from my own experience yeah in fact i do want to ask you about uh, your own experience i think uh, that's uh, even what little I have learned uh, by way of some homework ahead of this meeting, uh, I found it pretty interesting. Uh, but before that, you mentioned uh, it's a large financial hub. So I would imagine there would be a vibrant uh, fintech uh, startup ecosystem developing in Toronto. Maybe you can talk about that a little bit. And also, what are some of the other sectors in which uh, interesting startups are coming up in Toronto? Absolutely. So, of course, from the financial side, uh, there are various hubs, I would say, like, so all the banks here, the major ones and the insurance company, they all are very much supportive of entrepreneurship. So, for example, if I had to share a few, uh, Royal Bank of Canada, they do something called Royal Bank of Canada Cybersecurity Lab in partnership with the University of Waterloo, which is, again, based in Ontario. And the other one could be the RBC GAM Innovation Lab, which is Again, an in-house technology hub with like more of a goal to drive digital capabilities in the banking sector or fintech, if I could say. The other one is, of course, uh, TD. That's another big uh, bank in Canada, which also has its own innovation center, which is Francisco Toronto Innovation Center. And they're very close to us based in Toronto itself. And that is being set up by the bank to help kind of grow IoT and other digital technologies again for the banking sector. So overall in Ontario, there are a lot of them. And like I said, it's a financial hub. So be it banking or capital markets, which contributes 19% financial GFP. And of course, insurance sector, which is again quite huge in this uh, particular area. I would say this is very attractive for fintech 
tech uh, companies. And apart from that, other sectors would be health tech, mobility, um, and life sciences. So all these sectors are really booming. And of course, the trends keep changing as well year on year. But currently, these are a few trends that I'm seeing. Hmm. Over the last uh, four years, when you started looking uh, more at supporting international uh, entrepreneurs as well, uh, off the cuff, would you know uh, roughly how many Indian startups have taken advantage of uh, TBDC's uh, uh, facilities and services? Absolutely. So um, I would say about 70 entrepreneurs, uh, I would say over 70 entrepreneurs as we speak, their applications in progress as well. So over 70 entrepreneurs have actually taken advantage of this program. And that's quite a huge number for us, Hari. And of course, uh, it's a no-brainer that the technology, um, the boom that's come to the Indian entrepreneurship sector, you know, that area, it's absolutely fabulous. And the startup qualities that we see from Indian entrepreneurship ecosystem, it's absolutely great for our program as well. And it's a direct fit. So uh, we actually focus a lot on the Indian sector as, you know, India as a market for us as well. Hmm. Uh, and I would imagine TBDC will uh, already have uh, an established network, uh, you know, with other organizations. I mean, the Mars Discovery District comes to mind uh, and obviously you would know many other organizations like that. So you would help uh, incoming entrepreneurs to tap into that larger ecosystem? Absolutely. So we actually work very closely. Thank you for mentioning Mars District as well. They're our partners and we work very closely with them. And that usually happens when we provide co-mentoring support. In fact, a lot of our, we share a lot of common mentors with Mars, which is absolutely, I think, one of the main things that the startups do need, the support, the advisory and the mentoring coming from the same industry, from whatever they're catering to. That is something I think any startup would like when they move to Canada. Hmm. And you also mentioned that there is a, a startup visa program. Uh, tell us a bit more about this. Sure. So startup visa program is one of the programs that nurtures businesses that are innovative and have potential to grow in Canada overall. And this is started by the government and government has designated a few organizations to support uh, the entire program. When I say support is that we get to choose or approve the startups who are com who provide complementary innovation skill sets to the Canadian market. And on that basis, we look for two main things in the startups for Startup Visa program. That is the product market fit. Is the product directly complementary to Canadian ecosystem? And the second one is the proof of concept. Because, Harry, the complete idea of this program is not to uproot entrepreneurs from their country of origin, but help them scale in this market. And with that mindset is what TBDC usually selects the entrepreneurs. And that's the reason if we work with very early stage startups, we usually, that would come from sectors like space technology or defense, if they cater to, you know, because there's very difficult chances for them to start offering the services from overseas. Um, so these are, this is basically more on the start of visa side. If I had to share that, the program is something which can really be used by the entrepreneurs who see North America as the market and, of course, are also willing to incorporate the business in Canada and hold maximum equity uh, within the founders who would be moving to Canada as part of the program. 
And we do take up to five founders from one company apply under one program. Hmm. Uh, when was this uh, visa uh, started so far, Rob? Again, how many Indian startups have uh, taken advantage of it? Uh, and uh, are there any limits every year on the number of startups or founders that you can approve? So the program started in 2013 as a pilot. Uh, 2018 onwards, it was made a permanent program uh, under the Canadian immigration uh, for the startups to avail services from various business incubators or FI. And that's the two different routes that startups can choose as designated organizations to be in Canada. And there is no mark on the limit uh, for the startups to come to Canada under the program. Hmm. Uh, tell us uh, a bit about uh, your own work. Uh, I did read that you worked at uh, the Nadatur cell at uh, Indian Institute of Management in Bangalore as our program head. Uh, what was that like? Sure, that is absolutely... Um, thank you, Efari, for asking this question. Absolutely, NSR Cell has been great experience in the journey of supporting entrepreneurs. So as a role um, in NSR Cell, I was heading the program Goldman Sachs 10,000 Women, which allowed me to work very closely with women entrepreneurs across the country. And um, all through four years in India, and I actually worked with them after moving to Canada as well remotely uh, before joining TBDC. It was, it's absolutely fabulous to see how the startups can really scale with the right kind of support. And that is something I think that got etched into my mind to continue supporting entrepreneurs wherever I am. And one of the key things there is that, especially with when it came to women entrepreneurs or any entrepreneurs, I would say the mindset is same. It's taking the first step. And Bangalore provides a good base for a lot of startups. Uh, who could really test that market there and, of course, bring it bring it to various countries or go global after that. And absolutely, it's, it's been great to see how many unicorns that have been coming from India. And India Happens Hari definitely provides a great base for startups to be there. And, of course, the ecosystem, the government has been quite supportive of entrepreneurship as well. Um, so that is... Um, that's basically it from my side on uh, NSR sales experience. Do you want me to add anything more for it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the second part of my question was uh, uh, any notable uh, differences uh, that you kind of you know, observed uh, in terms of how uh, startups uh, were accelerated at NSR sales slash Bangalore in general versus uh, how they are supported or how they develop in Toronto? not say very that they are very different entrepreneurs um, have been you know the first time entrepreneurs always have the similar challenges to what they have in Bangalore compared to Canada as well uh, one of the key things that I really liked when I moved to Canada as well I was benchmarking how entrepreneurship was doing here versus in India or anywhere else you know so just get to benchmark with my experience of being in Berlin and as you were working with their ecosystem or Tel Aviv for that matter India is absolutely doing great in terms of, so there are two key things are that I see entrepreneurs seek while they start. One would definitely be support of an incubator so that they can take their first step and learn things as they go. So be it business model canvas to begin with, you know. So those are the key things that at least, and I'm talking about not the serial entrepreneurs to begin. I'm talking about the ones who are taking the first step. And of course, they come with great experience and learnings, but entrepreneurship can be very challenging if it's done alone, you know, that sort of a thing. 
And of course, in Canada, it's very similar. Uh, there's, there's incubators that startups go to when they are starting up. And of course, academic institutes just like NSR Cell here, they have UFT and others who also provide incubation support. So while benchmarking, Hari, there was no surprises as such that this something that Canada was doing and India wasn't. Uh, it's just that uh, entrepreneurs seek sometimes uh, better remuneration for their effort, which is revenues uh, scaling up more. Um, of course, India's market is doing absolutely great. However, bringing startups global once they've tapped into Indian market and have fair amount of market share in that market. That is the next best step for entrepreneurs to go global. And this is, and Canada provides them great base in that sense, uh, especially because the startups can not just move alone here for startup visa program, but they bring in their spouse or partner and children below 22 with them. So that really becomes as comfortable as possible when they're scaling up. Hmm. Uh, you know, in the context of uh, helping other women professionals, uh, and uh, like you said, aspiring entrepreneurs, uh, tap into your experience. Uh, can you talk about uh, what got you to move to Canada? I mean, it could be anything. It could be a combination of a family reason and a professional reason, or it could be a purely professional reason. But I feel, it, you know, there might be some interesting insights into what got you decided on Canada, you know. Sure. Now, thank you for asking that too. Um, so we moved here for family reasons very much. My husband was moving here and that's the reason I moved here. It wasn't really just for professional for the reason that, of course, it's professional as well. Hari, if you want to consider it as professional because he moved here for work and I moved along with him. Uh, however, uh, there was never this thing in my mind that I had to move out of country to find, explore better opportunities. I felt that what I was doing with NSR Cell was absolutely a great impact that I could see on various entrepreneurs. So just to add that the entrepreneurs that total programs that I was working on was more than thousand, which is the thousand entrepreneurs absolutely were connected to me through various programs that I was managing day in day out. And I'm talking about the startups who actually made it to the final leg of the programs. And I wouldn't have seen that big impact probably in Canada because of the size of the population. Uh, but yes, impact even to one entrepreneur matters, and especially in case of women entrepreneurs. Once I began uh, working with entrepreneurs, and this is back in 2016 when I uh, moved to Bangalore for the first time to work with um, NSR Cell, and this program came up called Women Startup Program. This was the first time I actually saw something in entrepreneurship which was hybrid uh, in learning, which was you're learning online and offline, and then you're getting incubation and then you're able to see the impact in the startups. What really kept me motivated to continue working on that program was that by the end of the year from 15 entrepreneurs, I could see, I still remember these numbers so clear as it was yesterday, 11 of them were in revenues by the end of the first year of their operation. And this is the first year they came with an idea on tissue paper. Not even that, they were actually eating with this in the program. So it was absolutely terrific to see them scale up. And I'm absolutely in touch with so many entrepreneurs from India. And I'm, I'm happy that I'm able to mentor some of them or advise some of them on various aspects. And now being in Canada has just added one more, which is go global, sort of. That, you know, of course, you're selling an Indian market, take your startup a step up. And of course, Freshworks uh, going public has also motivated a lot of entrepreneurs in India, especially in SaaS 
to see um, how they can scale up in this side of the world. Yeah, excellent. Uh, again, off the top of your mind, uh, any examples that come to your mind uh, in terms of uh, uh, women founder-led uh, startups that have come to Toronto and that are doing uh, really good work? Oh, well, um, from women entrepreneurs, um, of course, might not be directly just from India, but there are multiple that came from Hong Kong. And um, in fact, from Southern Asia, there's quite a few women entrepreneurs that come in. We do have women entrepreneur uh, who's come in from India as well. She's into a product called, which caters to a fintech uh, industry as well. And they have recently raised around. I'm so sorry, I would not be able to state their name as of today because this information is yet to go public. But it is absolutely great to see them um, scale in that lake, you know, because coming as an international entrepreneur and raising around here uh, into investments in this short period, it's absolutely great. And in India, I would say we worked, I've worked before with entrepreneurs not just with the backgrounds of having MBAs from Thunderbird and others, but I've worked with PhD holders. I've worked with entrepreneurs who just done their higher education and they're making a lot of revenue and they're supporting actually the ecosystem in the right way as well. So a lot of them are supporting. So entrepreneurs that I worked with, Hari, they were also just like TBDC is sector agnostic. They were also from various sectors. So Really, you know, one thing I learned in entrepreneurship was that, of course, the experience matters of doing certain things, but what really matters is taking that first step, you know, towards it. You might be in a good cushion job and leaving the job and taking the plunge into entrepreneurship. That really requires a lot of effort and a lot of, I would say, will to do it. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, very interesting conversation, Nisha, but I guess the interested time will have to stop this one here uh, and I do hope to keep the conversation going. Uh, thank you again for making time for this. Thank you. That was Isha Chopra. That's it for this briefing. You can find all our podcasts on ForbesIndia.com and on your favorite podcast apps. I'm Hari Arakli. Thank you for listening.